It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod on Twitter. Email the show lothunderpod at gmail.com. And you can also, if that's not enough for you, you can also call into the show 405-362-7128. On today's show, we will be discussing if the Thunder absolutely need to tank and if tanking is a smart strategy in the NBA. Could Dirk be the next Thunderhead coach? Doc Rivers gets fired. And also, I talked to LaMelo Ball. I did talk to LaMelo Ball today. Uh, I, I did get credentialed to cover the NBA prospects combine interviews this week and beyond whenever we get all these prospects into a Zoom and ask them questions. Today, I talked with LaMelo Ball and Killen Haynes, who met with the media today. Uh, LaMelo Ball's had about 80 people in it, so it was crazy uh, watching how many people kept filling up in the Zoom. Tomorrow, we'll talk with Terrell Terry, Trey, uh, Trey Jones, Precious, and RJ Hampton starting at 10 a.m., going all the way through 2 p.m. Central. I'll be live-tweeting Every prospect, every interview uh, on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, as I did today with Ball and Haynes. And I just want to say again, thank you. I do this all the time. Every time we hit a new milestone or whatever, I do want to thank, of course, David Locke and everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network who made this possible, but also you, the listeners, because the listeners have been fantastic. The numbers have been fantastic. It's been sustainable. It's been better than I could have ever hoped for. And you, the listeners, really make this all possible. And the fact that at 22 years old, I'm sitting in a Zoom with the future, you know, top five pick in the NPA is wild to me. And and, and tomorrow will be really uh, worth your time on Twitter uh, to follow along with me when we talk to Terrell Terry, when we talk to uh, guys like that who could fall to that 25 spot. And I can ask them, hey, have you talked to the Thunder yet? And see if we get any information. Because that's where uh, we're going to get the leaks is from uh, people like me on the media Zooms simply asking, hey, have you talked to this team yet? That's what everyone did to Haynes and to Ball. Haynes got asked if he talked to the Cavs, and he said, no, I haven't talked to the Cavs. They spent a ton of assets on you know the guard position. It wouldn't make sense for me. And then Ball got asked the same thing, and he said, you know, I haven't talked to them yet, but even if I did, it'd still be a perfect fit, even though they've drafted all these guards. So you just kind of see the mindset of these prospects whenever you're with them in the in these uh, media availabilities. But you know, you do ask them, have you talked to so-and-so team? I cover this team and they'll give you the answer. And that's how we're going to find out these answers to these questions, because I don't think, and in fact, I know that Sam Presti is not going to let a lot leak out from uh, these 
pre-draft processes from Oklahoma City side of things. So I will ask Terrell Terry, especially if he has heard anything from the Thunder and if he's had any contact with the Thunder. So follow along. He starts at 10 a.m. and then the prospects continue on all the way through about 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we'll have all the live tweets over at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S and the recap of those interviews on this podcast on Wednesday. So what we learned today in those interviews, of course, Lamelo Ball thinks he's a perfect fit everywhere. And that was what I liked the best about Lamelo Ball is like everyone kept trying to ask him like leading questions like, oh, you know, so this team has X, Y, and Z. You're you're a player that's more this, 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 and this. And he just always say, I'm a perfect fit. I think that I think it'd be a perfect fit if I went to the Bulls or if I went to the Warriors or if I went to the Wolves. It'd be a perfect fit. I think that that was like the, the best thing he could have done is just say everything is perfect. It's always a perfect fit. Haynes was a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more open about like, yeah, I don't really see the fit with the Cavs here. Or I, I see what you're saying about the Wizards. They have a lot of ball handlers. And I'm trying to improve at being able to play off the ball. Haynes was more in depth and Lamelo Ball was just like, look, I want to play. I just want to play basketball and I'll go anywhere. I'm a perfect, I'm a perfect fit anywhere. He even disagreed with LeVar Ball, who previously said that the Warriors basically shouldn't draft him. He's not a good fit. He said, you know, that, you know, his dad is his own person, just like LaMelo is his own person. And he thinks he'd be a great fit next to Steph Curry and that Warriors group. So he had a standard answer for, for a lot of these questions. But the big thing from him was he's not changing his shot. And that made me scratch my head a little bit. But I will say shooting is about comfort. I would have changed Sean Marion's shot, but it worked for him. I'm not saying that this shot's going to work for LaMelo Ball in the NBA. Kevin O'Connor is one person who is just adamant it's not going to work in the NBA. But we'll see what happens when an NBA team that's just invested a top 10 pick in you gets their hands on you. And if you do change that jump shot, you might not be working on it now, but you might be working on it here in about two months. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh, Ball says he's not changing his shot as of right now. He's not looking to change his shot. Uh, and also, the only other interesting like answer from him was someone asked him if the Timberwolves had talked to him. And he said, I don't know. And then he realized, like, wait, I can't say I don't know to that. So he's like, no, the Timberwolves have not talked to me. Who knows if they really have or haven't talked to him. Uh, and I speculated on Twitter about this. And I, and I did say on Twitter and clarified that it is speculation. But the uh, Wolves are kind of confused, quote, confused about what to do. And they feel, quote, pressure after messing up last year by trading for uh, Jarrett Culver. The belief is Minnesota would prefer to trade down with their number one overall pick. And that came from uh, the lead NBA draft guy for Bleacher Report. And I said on there, you know, I quoted that tweet and said, look, Lonlo Ball told us today that the Timberwolves have not talked to him. And I don't know if that's just because the Timberwolves do not view Ball worthy of that first pick or if they don't think they'll be picking number one overall. So, it, But it does seem like the first overall pick is up for grabs. And I'm not saying the Thunder are going to get involved, but it's something to watch for. I mean, it, it is fun just as a basketball fan to see all this drama and these trades go down. And we'll see what the Timberwolves do at number one. I think that pretty much everyone kind of assumed that number two would be it would be gotten if you wanted it, but number one, having number one and two available, uh, if the Warriors really do make number two available, would be interesting to say the least in this draft class. And it makes sense though. Uh, we we saw that Brian Windhorst wrote an article way before the bubble started about how you know with the salary cap implications, teams don't want to be picking in the first round period. And then in this draft class, there's no real standout. There's no real Zion uh, or Ja or Luca or Trey Young. So where do you go with that number one or two overall pick? whenever you could use it to, let's say, move on from Andrew Wiggins. I get all that. I'm, I'm interested in what the Timberwolves do at number one because 
Now, we haven't heard a lot about them wanting to trade out, and we did get that information uh, today from Bleacher Report. And I did like our interview with Haynes. He had a lot of good stuff in there. Um, he kind of went into more detail about each of the destinations. He didn't just give a blanket statement of um, it's a perfect fit. And I do like that strategy from, from LaMelo Ball because you don't know what's going to happen. So you might as well have on the record that everything's a perfect fit for you. Uh, but but Haynes did say something interesting about Detroit, about how uh, him and um, Seku were great friends and that it would be the most easy adjustment for him uh, getting to join up with him in Detroit. He's one of his guys. It'd be an easy adjustment uh, to the lifestyle in the NBA and in America and things like that. So Detroit's an interesting name, I think. Um, and he also grew up a, a huge D Wade fan and D Rose fan, which makes sense. I mean, so did I, uh, but it's just weird that you're now the same age uh, or older than these prospects coming into the league right now. Uh, it's weird, but I did love his mock draft answer. He just says, my agent keeps up with all of that. He sometimes tells me about it, but I don't really pay attention. We don't really know what's going to happen. And that's like the most perfect mock draft quote as someone who loves doing mock drafts. We don't know what's going to happen, so I don't I don't think that Haynes should be wasting his time reading or listening to my mock drafts because I don't know what's going to happen. But it was a lot of fun to be in there. It'll be more fun tomorrow, especially getting to talk to more people who will likely be on the Thunder's radar like, like a Terrell Terry. So I just cannot be more appreciative of you all listening to this show and supporting this show, as well as, of course, the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm also very appreciative of rockauto.com because rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you probably didn't know how to work the internet. You had dial-up internet. Every time your landline rung, your internet went down. It was a disaster, but what was not a disaster was going to rockauto.com because they have an easy-to-navigate website. That's my favorite part of rock auto is how easy it is to find the parts i need and since i know nothing about cars i love the fact that all i have to do is put my make my model my year into the website and it's only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle at rockauto.com tell them lockdown sent you in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know what to do from there they have an amazing selection reliably low prices they're not going to upcharge you for these parts like a dealership would or a chain auto parts store would, skip that upcharge. Go to rockauto.com and get yourself all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices with their easy to navigate website. And now I want to tell you about our good friends over at DoorDash because DoorDash is the best. You've counted on restaurants for so long, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is an app that brings you food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside of your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left right outside your door. Your DoorDash is now contactless to keep communities operating in a safe manner. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees of your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees for your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store by entering promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKDOWNNBA for $5 off 
your first order with DoorDash. So I wanted to get into this whole narrative about tanking. And since the Heat made their playoff run and their NBA Finals run, credit to them, and the Nuggets run, everyone's starting to come out of the woodworks as, oh, look, you don't need to tank. And it's mainly been about the Heat, but a little bit about the Nuggets. And so we'll talk, talk about both of them. Um, do the Thunder have to tank and is tanking a smart strategy? The answer, yes. And I want to touch on the Miami Heat thing first because their record over this stretch since LeBron left was one game over 500. And a market like Miami can handle being a mediocre team because eventually you have that hope that you're going to get that big fish. My question is, if Oklahoma City went down this path of just being a mediocre team, where's their Jimmy Butler coming from? Where's their LeBron James? Where's their Chris Bosh? Who is picking Bricktown over South Beach? Who is picking Oklahoma City over LA? Who is picking the great state of Oklahoma over New York? That's my question. If you don't think teams should tank, well, then we're playing the game unfairly. Oklahoma City tried to extend this window of winning for a long, long time. They tried to make the right moves. They lost Kevin Durant. They kept Westbrook, re-signed Westbrook, traded for Paul George, traded for Carmelo Anthony. They tried. They really tried. They wouldn't budge on moving on from Chris Paul right when they got him. Instead, they waited, saw that he was going to turn into a real asset for them, kept the team together, despite almost trading Gallinari to Miami, kept the team together for one more playoff run. They've tried being mediocre. But when there's no savior of Jimmy Butler, and there's no savior of LeBron James, and there's no savior of Chris Bosh, you're just going to always be mediocre. And eventually, that fades too. Eventually, it's no longer good enough to just make the postseason and to just be happy you get there. This whole thing is about winning championships, and the best way to win a championship in a small market is by tanking. There are some negatives to tanking. We'll talk about that in a second. But to prop up the heat as some fantastic model, some blueprint strategy for every team in the NBA to base themselves off of, that they were able to handle losing LeBron, go 500 and then get Jimmy Butler, that they could handle that without ever bottoming out. Credit to them and Pat Riley, but also realize they're doing it on a different playing field. They're doing it on a different playing field. They're playing in the SEC. We're playing in the Lone Star Conference in Division II. And the hope is you have a good enough front office led by Sam Presti, who is regarded as one of the most brilliant basketball minds in the world, that this rebuild period, this period in which you're trying to lose, lasts one, two, or three years. But every team has done it. Every team will do it. The Dallas Mavericks, who have tried to land every big fish to ever hit the open market, tanked for Luka. Mark Cuban got fined for openly saying he's tanking. Even a big market like Dallas tanks. They got their guy in Luka, they made their big swing in the trade market, and they re-signed him. And Kristaps Porzingis. And now they have money to go get someone else and add a third star to that group. Where are the Thunder getting Jimmy Butler from? Where are they getting LeBron from and Chris Bosh from? 
even in that trade of, of Paul George, after all you did for Paul George, you tried to woo him from the get-go, lining the fences at the airport, rolling out the red carpet for him. You did all you could as an organization, and despite you not having any input, the fans, the organization didn't have any input on his failures and Russell Westbrook's failures, failures in the postseason. He signs the extension with you and then demands a trade. You're not keeping talent in Oklahoma City unless you draft them and lock them in for nine years. This failure in L.A. keeps Paul George there. It keeps Kawhi Leonard there. They're not going to be wiggling their way out of, out of L.A. If Oklahoma City built that tandem and they had this flame out in the second round, those guys would be leaving. Even Victor Oladipo does not want to hang around Indiana anymore after a couple mediocre seasons. There's no savior coming to Oklahoma City. There just isn't. So while the Heat are a great story, and I talked about them at, at length yesterday, talking about how much I enjoyed watching that team and still do enjoy watching that team, I didn't like the, the gung-ho narrative of why, you, this is why you should never tank. Yeah, if you're in Miami, you should never tank. New York, who's been tanking for 20 years, should never tank. Because you should always have that white whale coming behind you. As great as Pat, Pat Riley is, could he get LeBron to team up in Oklahoma City? Could he get Jimmy Butler to sign in Miami at his own free will, will only in Oklahoma City? Could he get that to happen here? I don't think it's going out on a limb by saying no. So for it seem like Oklahoma City, you need to draft your stars. And the best chance you have is by picking higher and higher in each draft class. Did the Nuggets strike gold late in the lottery picks that they've made? And with, of course, Jokic, of course they struck gold. But that's like lightning hitting. Could it happen again? Sure. Is it likely? No, it's not likely. Give yourself the best, the best chance. Put yourself in the best position to get top talent and trust your organization. Trust your organization that this will be a two-year process of you straight up losing. Then that third year, you start the improvement. Then that fourth year, you make the postseason. In that fifth year, you try to make the, the, the second round. Then you try to make the conference championship game. Then you're trying to win a championship. For small markets, they don't get to skip those steps. Don't hold up the Miami Heat as a way to shame Oklahoma City or a small market that has to tank. You've created the game this unfairly. And I don't mean unfair the way it sounds. I just mean that it has to be played differently for everyone involved. The Heat should absolutely sign up for having LeBron and Jimmy Butler and Chris Bosh go to their organization. And they shouldn't feel bad about that. But the Thunder, if they want top-tier talent, they have to draft Kevin Durant. They have to draft James Harden. They have to draft Russell Westbrook. They have to trade assets to go get Melo and Paul George. And then watch them walk out the door. The Nuggets, heck of a heck of an organization. They got some good picks late in the lottery. They never truly tanked good for them. Nice story. But I'm putting myself, if I'm the if I'm the if I'm the Thunder. I'm putting myself in the best position to be successful. The best position to get the next Luka, to get the next Trey Young, to get the next guy, to get Cade Cunningham, to pair him with Shea, to pair him 
with our young guys and make a championship run. Twiddling your thumbs, going 500 every year, being the Orlando Magic, being a team that goes to the playoffs every year but doesn't do anything in the playoffs, like you have been since Kevin Durant left, not making out of the first round since KD went to Golden State. It only gets you so far. And you don't have the saving grace of a destination market. You don't have the saving grace of, well, Bradley Beal's going to want to sign here. Well, Kawhi is going to want to sign here in 2021. Giannis, come on down. You don't get that. What you get is, let's trust Sam Presti. Let's go draft the next Giannis, the next Steph Curry, the next whoever. After the break, we're going to touch on Dirk Nowitzki being the next Thunder head coach and Talk Rivers getting fired. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter and follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. I want to keep talking about the Thunder and about Dirk Nowitzki possibly being the next Thunder coach and also Doc Rivers getting fired. Dirk Nowitzki is one of my favorite players of all time. My most absolute favorite player is Jerry Stackhouse. Number one B is Dirk Nowitzki. First jersey I ever owned was a green Mavericks Dirk Nowitzki jersey. First favorite player was Jerry Stackhouse and then Dirk MVP shirt. I had it all with Dirk. I tried to be Dirk. Didn't work out too well, though. The fadeaway, I must say, needed some improvement. But Dirk was my guy. But he is not coaching the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know he said before he wants to be a head coach eventually, but I know he was at the OU game Saturday, which why on earth was he at the OU game against Kansas State? Who knows? Who knows? But I don't think it's because he just got done interviewing at Sam Presti For the Thunder job, I understand the speculation, but I I just don't see it. I I don't see Dirk being the next head coach. I think the next head coach will not be Doc Rivers either, who got fired today by the Clippers. Doc's not a real option for this team. Doc is not going to want to rebuild. Doc's not going to hang around for a rebuild and get to the other side of it. And we don't have to do this with every coach, but we're getting a taste right now of what the future is like for the Thunder. In the future, get ready. If you're already sick of every time a coach gets fired, What about the Thunder? You're going to hear that every time a player wants out. Every single time from here until 2026, when a player wants to be traded, you're going to look at those 14 future first-round picks, and you're going to say, what about the Thunder? With Doc Rivers, it's silly for a multitude of reasons. Number one, he's getting up there in age. He's not signing up for a rebuild. Number two, he's going to cost a lot of money. He's not coaching for peanuts. 
He's not being in Oklahoma City. This organization is going to hire someone off the wall. It's going to hire someone you don't expect. And that's how this is going to go in this coaching hire. I mean, you're going to get that notification from Woj and you're probably going to say, who? They hired who? And we'll embrace it together. And we'll break it down on this podcast. But it won't be Dirk, in my opinion. It won't be Doc Rivers either. And we'll see how this all transpires. Again, follow along on Twitter tomorrow as we get to talk to Terrell Terry, get to talk to RJ Hampton, and more. I'll be live tweeting all of it at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Cannot believe the opportunity I am given. And that's thanks to you all listening and supporting this show. Be good and be good to one another tomorrow. We will have you covered with what we learned at those interviews and also any breaking news about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.